Fuck it. We're doing it live. This is Songs in My Head. The Remix. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Songs in My Head, a podcast for music nerds by music nerds, bringing another mini episode for you here. Uh, we're very, very hard at work, uh, working on a lot of stuff right now, and we just wanted to, to reach out again. So, hi, hello, how we doing? <laughs> Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kristen. Hello. And uh, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I am surviving. Uh, it has been it is hell week for pharmacy. Uh, most holiday weeks are like that, though, just because, of, and especially with mail order stuff, you know, you're, you're working around the UPS schedules and shit. It's, ugh, it's a mess. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I made it. We're, we're midweek, Thanksgiving's tomorrow. I'm sure this will come out in a few days, but Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Uh, you know, you know how it'd be. It's that time of year. Uh, but yeah, so as I was saying, um, we just wanted to do another little remix mini here just to kind of make sure that we're, we're touching base with you guys make sure everything's all hunky-dory on both ends here uh you know and, and like i said we are working on a lot of stuff we had some guests lined up and you know everybody gets busy well that's court you know it's, it's hard enough to coordinate our schedules to record but then add in you know actual musicians right whatever yeah. that have right add in touring musicians and other other assorted people that have actual lives. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I mean, it was as much insulting myself. So. It's fine. You know, I, I don't love them any less. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So we, we decided that we were just going to kind of push some of our guest episodes to the back burner. Uh Maybe take a look at them towards the end of December or maybe into next year. Uh, you know, just kind of get our bearings back a little bit. So we decided to kind of go back and go back to our roots and uh, just do another regular episode. But it's not going to be anything just regular. This is probably going to be the biggest episode we've done in this podcast yet. So it's going to take a little extra time, maybe another two weeks or so, but... In the meantime, we'll we'll try and get at least another one of these out before then. Yeah, we're really excited about the, the episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be huge. But yeah, between that and you know our own personal music rabbit holes we go down and stuff, we've had a lot a lot of interesting stuff going on. So I mean, you know, we always have something to talk about. Yeah. Um. So this past weekend, uh, we went to another show. Uh. And it was um, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a pretty damn good show. Uh, we didn't have to pay for it, which was even better. We we won these tickets uh, right before quarantine happened. 
Yeah, I think the show was supposed to be like end of March or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, end of March 2020. And we had won tickets for it like a couple weeks before the show. And uh, like, then all of a sudden everything started shutting down and cancellations. You know, Big Rona came in and just canceled everything. So, but yeah, so it was uh, Anti Fest, which was like a little, I don't want to say music festival, because I feel like that's kind of giving it a lot of credit. It was just, it was a, a good, a well lined up concert right. with several bands. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was uh, a couple of local bands. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the main event, obviously, was the Anti-Flag, which neither you or I are too. And, I mean, they're from Pittsburgh, so you think, like, we would, but no. Yeah, I don't know. They're just not really my cup of tea. Yeah, I was most excited about Punchline. Yeah. Uh, because we both, I mean, you've seen them how many times? Tons. Uh, I've seen them maybe five, six, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that now. was, I, I don't know, that was my umptillionth time seeing punchline and it never gets old yeah so we knew that would be a good show um we were both excited to see bad cop bad cop which was their set was amazing oh yeah they they were they were great live um really fun uh very very energetic played a great set um the band that was before them was also amazing it was uh dollskin Weird name, but amazing band. Like, they got up on stage and we both kind of looked at each other like, yeah? And then they started playing. We were both like, holy crap. Yeah? <laughs> they were they were really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we really... Are they local? No, they're out of uh, Arizona. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of threw me off because, like... Anti Flag is a, is like a Pittsburgh band. Punchline is like a Pittsburgh band, and yeah. then there was like Bad Cop, Bad Cop that's from Los Angeles, and Dollskins from Arizona. Yeah, I don't know where Suicide Machines are from, but I mean they're like they're pretty aren't they aren't, aren't they SoCal? I think so. Yeah, Suicide Machines was another one of the bands that was on the bill, um, and <clears throat> you were excited to see them, and I had never seen them before, and. They yeah. started playing, and you were a little bit disappointed in their set. Yeah, so, I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them twice before. Okay. And um, both shows that I saw them at, I may have seen them more, but I twice that they headlined. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're always a good show. This time, I don't know. I don't know if quarantine's just been real rough on people. <laughs> people don't know how to act. I don't know if maybe it was that I had already seen... You know, three bands that I really enjoyed that, you know, I had my fill. I don't, I don't know. But once, <clears throat> once they got up there, um, I can't remember the lead singer's name ever, but when he was up there, he's talking about how drunk he was and whatever. And he was just like shouting and like, yeah. it was, it reminded me of when somebody's like, oh, I'm so drunk, you know, like over exaggerating it and it right. really bugged me. And I, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't impressed. So we wound up leaving halfway through that set, and we, you know, we were both in agreement that we had a had a nice time. Oh yeah, but I it mean, it, it was an enjoyable show, nonetheless. I mean, mm-hmm. we still saw some really good, really good acts, and uh, 
I mean, for tickets being free, I had a real good time. Yep. Interesting. Um, interesting merch booths, because um, so was at the Roxy Inn, which is a local venue here, fairly new compared to the other venues that we have. Sure. Um, and it was the first time that I'd seen merch tables like completely separated, like the the was the punchline and suicide machines were probably the ones in the like in the venue. Like in so upstairs in the venue uh, was Punchline, Suicide Machines, Anti-Flag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was this other weird booth. And then there was a booth across the room next to the bar that was like, uh, like Punk Rock Saves Lives or something. And it was like... Bone marrow donation. Yeah, it was like bone marrow donation. <laughs> and we were both just like, ooh, nope. Uh, but then there were also merch booths downstairs by the bathrooms, by the bathrooms which is like, <laughs> I've never seen that before. Well, I gotta say, I appreciated that though, because I feel like I got to actually look at things where, you know, when they're in, in the venue like that, it's so loud. You can't quite, you know, right. see, um, I don't usually buy much, but, um, Josh got a cool magnet from Bad Cup, Bad Cup with, uh. Uh, so <laughs> like I love the Golden Girls, and uh, Bad Cop Bad Cop had a really sick magnet that had the Golden Girls on it, and it said uh, "Thank you for wearing a mask." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I need that. That's a sell." Yeah, and we got a, a, a cool ticket or um, a sticker pack. It was um, just one of each of their stickers, but the one was really cool. It was like a donut. Yeah, I I really enjoyed. <laughs> enjoyed that that was pretty good um but yeah I, ha I actually put my my magnet up at my desk at work so i i enjoy it's just there looking at me every day <laughs> um yeah so i mean the merch the merch is cool um yeah i mean it was a good show i like that venue and yeah you know i i thought it was a good lineup and i think that's the only venue that <clears throat> Um, not like, you know, for festivals or whatever, but the only venue I've been to where they sell like pretzels and stuff. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which is actually really cool because like halfway through a show, sometimes you're like, Hey. Well, cause not only that, but like it's set up like, like, a, like an old time theater. theater. Yeah. So like you have like the, like the box office kind of vibe when you walk into the front, but then it's. It's a, it's a music venue. Mm -hmm. So like, then you go inside and you're like, oh, there's a stage in here. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the, <laughs> the low points for me was the lighting. Because where man. we were standing, for some reason, it just kept getting me right in the eyes. Um, it was only certain color lights, though. The like blue It ones. was like the, the blue lights. And then on the, when we were on the other side of the room, it was the red lights that kept getting me. Every time I looked up, I swear, I was just getting blasted in the face with a red light. Yep. <laughs> but otherwise, other than uh, the two of us having first world problems, complaining about <laughs> lights, uh, I enjoyed the show. Oh, yeah, me too. It was, it was a great, great time. time. Uh, I always enjoy going to, to see live music, especially when it's bands that I'm either A, very excited to see, or B, that I have seen before and enjoy seeing again and again and again. Um, and I feel like this is a good segue into 
um, what we kind of wanted to talk about in this episode. Because I know that uh, often we we put down uh, the fine art of the live album because uh, it just feels unnecessary. In a lot of cases, yeah. In a lot of cases. Um, and there are some bands, for some reason, that like thrive on the live album. And I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in a lot of cases there, there's so many bands that sound different, like so different when they're live yeah. than when they're, you know, in the studio. Right. And it's like, that's, that's kind of like, it's like false advertising almost. Um, so like normally I'm not a super big fan. Yeah, well, we both agree on that. And I think we we both agree. But in, in a little bit of a, a musical rabbit hole that I went down recently, um, I listened to an album that uh, I had listened to a lot when it originally came out. I mean, I, I probably played this thing, the CD, until it skipped. Um, so I was going through... Uh, Blink 182's discography for whatever reason I don't know because it's me that's that's what well, I we do usually, sometimes we usually wind up sitting there watching videos and I think they wound up being one of those that we started talking about um, yeah and then like I was like huh yeah I, I want to listen to some Blink 182 so uh, when I was going through I got to uh, their album that's um, entitled the Mark Tom and Travis show, uh, which is, uh, it's, or also known as the enema strikes back because it was the <laughs> one, it was the album that came out right after enema of the state. So, uh, and it's a live album that kind of is like, um, it's like a kind of a compilation, kind of a look back at their first few albums, but uh, it, it's kind of cool seeing them at that point playing those songs because they had changed uh, drummers. So they had switched over from their original drummer, whose name I can never remember, um, to... They kicked him out of the band because he was... Uh, I think he was getting really too much into alcohol. And they didn't want to deal with that, so they kicked him out, and Travis Barker stepped in. And that pretty much changed the face of the band forever plus infinity. Like, he just became synonymous with Blink-182 from that point on. Um, so it was really cool seeing, well, seeing, listening to them kind of revisit some of their older tunes but with a, a different and I would say more talented drummer um, because it made the songs just sound more polished so it was kind of cool like listening to old stuff but it sounded new <clears throat> but then also I think the other thing that makes it such an enjoyable album is like their banter between the songs really makes you feel like you're there, like you're part of the show. So the album was just one, one concert. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one, it's one concert. Um, it was uh, from '99, and 
I mean, like, and they're just being, like, they're just acting like actual asses for the entire show. Like, like they're playing all their, their big hits and, you know, just really, really playing a great set. But, like, in between the songs, they're just goofing around and, like, having a good time. And it just makes it enjoyable. But, like, also, they're a band that plays well live. So, like, it carries. And it just makes the whole, like, live listening experience that much better. Which I, I think is, is something that I I appreciate from a live album. Because that's one thing where you and I agree that sometimes you lose that... Yeah. That semblance of professionalism or something similar to that. Where it's like, you would think that being a touring musician, when you would get on stage you would sound as good live as you do in the studio, but sometimes people rely too heavily on the studio and it's just not, not the same. Yeah. And I mean, I know, I know that there's a lot they can do to you know clean up the music. So then, you know, you th- start to think like, okay, maybe they're just like way touched up, you know, it's like seeing a person in real life that. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, So you have one that's that's kind of similar to that, right? Yeah. So along with yours, I mean, we're talking about how Blink One Eighty Two had, you know, witty banter. <laughs> um, I went with uh, No Effects. I heard they suck live. Um, what? You went with No Effects? I shocking. never would have guessed. Shocking. Um, yeah, it was recorded in '95, um, and like it says it's recorded in two days, so I don't know if it was like two days show. I, I don't know. But anyway, um, this is one of the only um, live albums that I that I really like. Yeah. Um, but again, it's because of their their stage presence. It's, right. it's great. The way that the band interacts with each other. Um, they actually like each other, which I mean, I, I find out more and more from, you know, watching stuff that they've done. Um, I know when we watched Backstage Passport, like, it was basically like, you know, Fat Mike talking about like how he gets to work with his friends every day. Yeah. And like to see that, you know, that band that, that I love, like getting along and all that. It's right. Just, it's great. Right. Or like it, it, it's almost, it's almost kind of sweet. Yeah. Like seeing that, like in that, in that scenario, there's no divas. Like they're all just, <clears throat> yeah. they're all divas. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Mike's, yeah, I would say Mike's the diva, um, <laughs> just because. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a lot lately. I watched all that and then, you know, read their book. So, I mean, I know how low things got. Right. So to be able to, you know, hear them, um, I mean, their shows now, similar, similar format, similar amount of, you know, camaraderie and stuff over, tw- you know, 20 years ago. Right. So that's pretty impressive for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, they actually I mean... call the first track Woody Banter. <laughs> Which, you know, and most of the songs on here are um, ones that aren't super popular for them. I mean, they have Linoleum on here, which, you know, everybody that knows the band, you know, knows that song. Um, but the rest of them, I mean, there was nothing that was one of their huge, huge hits. Um, what I did find was funny. There's one song that they sang that was not from one of their albums, and it was called um, "Nothing But a Nightmare," sorta, and uh, it's a song originally by Rudimentary Peni. 
<laughs> which I thought was the funniest band name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a British punk band in, from the like 1980s. But I might have to check them out. That's, that sounds kind of fun. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I really like the album. Um, it's, it's rather short it's like 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it had any, you know, low points. It just was all just, I was sad to hear it end. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I had listened to the, this album once or twice. It wasn't one that I had on CD back in the day. Um, but when I started my listening to no effects in order, like, I was like, all right, well, I, I guess I have to give, I have to give the live album a chance. I wasn't disappointed. So. Good. Yeah, I mean, and, and to kind of go back on mine a little bit with the example that you gave, I mean, looking back at the track list for, for the Blink-182 live album, like, you know, at that point they had uh, Damn It, they had What's My Age Again, um, Adam's Song, uh, you know, so they had a lot of like bigger uh, hits that had come out, um, yeah. so it was it was very similar to that regard where like they had their hits, but they also played a lot of stuff that did like fan service for their for their crowd for sure. Yeah, yeah, some deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were a few real popular ones here. I mean, considering they're not on the radio. Um, yeah, Linoleum, they did Bob, which is always one that they, you know, play a lot. Um, the Bruise. So they had a few of their more popular ones, but most of it was, you know, a lot of their earlier stuff. Like earlier, earlier, which was good. We, when we kind of talked about doing this, this little live album thing, I was like, well, you know, I definitely have two that always stick out, or one that always sticks out to me in particular, and I feel like it's kind of unfair, but fuck it, it's my show. Uh, so my other live album that I can listen to all the time um, is uh, the Daft Punk album Alive 2007. So this was the, the second time that they had done uh, a live album, because they did Alive 97, and then they did Alive 2007. And it just was really cool to listen to their music mixed together in that way because, like, it wasn't all songs that came off of the same album that were mixed together. So, like, they were really seamless in the way that they transitioned song to song. And even if you look at the track listing, the way they have it split up is, like, you know, it's like two songs on like what they consider a track. So like it was real seamless in the way that they did it. So I, I really enjoy listening to it. Um, I'll throw it on sometimes when I'm driving. I just like, but like even the crowd noise in the background adds like a different, a different level like to the actual music itself. It almost makes it like theatrical in a way. So, um, why did you choose this one over the previous one? You said they did 97. Kinda. Um, because in 97, they didn't really have quite as much material yeah. out at that time. So they were still 
Not that it's a bad album. Um, well, it definitely would show their it just, then. It's, it's very different. It's, it's still really early in their career, and um, it's, it's a lot more like uh, kind of raw, underground, like more like like sweaty, underground club kind of vibe versus like Alive 2007 being more like what you would consider in like an arena tour setting. So what year did they start playing? Like how far into their uh, career with the first? So uh, Alive 97, they would have only had like one, one major album out, which would have been their like initial, initial release. Uh, which was homework. Okay. Um, but they were also like still, you know, kind of kicking around the DJ scene and everything before they started like their major recordings and everything. That so I mean, and it's like it's pretty short. It's like forty five minutes. But like it, it was. It's also funny because they didn't even release it in ninety seven. They released it a couple years later. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting to look at that, and especially when you look at the two albums that I chose, like, they're two very different genres of music, but I like them both for a very similar reason, because it, it, it doesn't, it being live doesn't detract away from the music. It's still great music, and I enjoy listening to it in that setting, mm-hmm. so. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Daft Punk. I mean, you know, just one that I've never really... Well, don't worry. I know. It's going to come up eventually. I know. <laughs> don't you worry. It will be there. <clears throat> um, all right. So I guess we'll take my second pick. Yeah. Um, I really had a hard time because um, I know the one album that I did listen to a lot, we both agreed on. So we were going to talk about it anyway. So I was like, all right, now what have I listened to that's live? Um, I went with Woodstock soundtrack, like the original, Yeah. um, which I feel like it's almost cheating because it's not, I mean, it's, it's not one band, but it's what got me into listening to any sort of classic rock. Um, it's what got me my love for vinyl because I still have the copy that my, my parents had that that's what I started listening to records. Um. It's just, it's really something. I mean, to compare, like, music now to, like, the recording back then, so different. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of, like, the history wrapped up in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's like one of those unmistakable... Right. Like, kind of collections of... It's almost like a time capsule. Exactly. In itself. Like, when you look at all the bands and everything that were involved. Yeah. And I know, like, um, the reason I started listening to it is because in school we had done, um, like, a, I think it was like a counterculture 70s unit or whatever. So then, then they had us watch the documentary for extra credit. And I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. And, I right. mean, I knew a few of the songs because some of the stuff was um, stuff I'd come across before. Like, I'm looking at the list right now. And... Um, I think 
anybody that knew oldies knew like at the hop a shanana like i knew that because of you know frequenting the car shows so i knew that um most people know um the crosby stills and nash sweet judy blue eyes which you wouldn't know is that but it's the um how does it go everybody knows i, I knew i knew this it's just going it's um and then at the end, it ends with Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner, Purple Haze. Um, so, I mean, that was my first exposure to, like, all this stuff. Um, so, I mean, it was real instrumental <laughs> in my discovering, um, like, classic rock. Right. Um, so, most of the stuff, it's like, obviously, like, the NoFX album is most, you know, concert in order. But this is just, like, selected tracks from some of the acts well right um, because it was a it was a festival i mean it what right. woodstock was three three days yeah so like obviously it's not a full recording because like god that would be that would be a lot yeah well i mean it, yeah so this is it's, it's three albums like six sides but even like even so like it's not like they took like a chunk of it to, to put on one side of the album right. like um yeah, you can even hear, like, the stage announcements and stuff between some of the acts, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, The Who. Like, everybody knows, like, the one that they played here. So, um, it's just a real good, like, introduction to, to like, the history of music back then. Um, yeah, and I feel like it would be, if there were ever... Uh an album that I would say to somebody, oh, you want to start getting into classic rock? Here's a good place to start. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like that gives you the a nice little, like, chunk of everything. Right. Yeah, there's some Santana. There's um, Jefferson Airplane. Um, not, Jimi Hendrix. Not Jefferson Starship. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> the Who, um, Crosby, Still Nash & Young. There's actually three tracks of theirs. I mean, um, and that that's one of the most iconic Jimi Hendrix moments. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because his rendition of the Star Spangled Banner is amazing. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, anybody that... I mean, I would recommend it to anybody that's interested in classic rock, anybody that already listens to any of this. Um, it's interesting to hear, like... I mean, the, the difference between... Like recording in a studio, classic rock, and here. I mean, things are so much more advanced now um, compared to this, obviously, but still great. No, I agree. I definitely agree. So I think that we we kind of come to the to the meeting point here. Yes. And the one that we both agreed on uh, that just is untouchable as a live album is uh the nirvana unplugged uh special that they did for mtv uh in 94 and we watched a lot of it we didn't watch the whole thing because it's like hard to find the full recording online yeah but we watched like some good chunks of it uh on youtube the one night and we were just so like 
it's just so like awe inspiring like when you watch it you're just like man these this is really showing the full range of these musicians right because like you know you're talking about just a collection of like grunge kids that have no business playing in a a setting like this and they they just sit down in, in this really really intimate setup and just play this incredible set and it's just like it's it's amazing like it's emotional it's yeah heart-wrenching in some places um and then like you couple that with the fact that like it was released posthumously for Kurt Cobain because what was it within days of the the actual recording uh he he passed yeah it was performed November 18th 93 I thought he passed in April Was it April 94? Yeah. Yeah, April 8th, 94. So, I mean, it was it was within five months yeah. of recording that. Um, the one thing that I read was about how, um, like, Kurt suggested what he wanted the scene to look like yeah. in the video, or for the recording. Um, he said that he wanted, like, lilies and candles and stuff, and they said, like, a funeral? And he said, exactly like a funeral. So that was like, ooh. <laughs> right. But the, like, it was just such an intimate setting. It was so just, I don't know. It, it was something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, it was just really cool because, like, you know, they had, uh, they had their extra touring guitarist with them, Pat Smear. Well, we keep seeing it like, everywhere. <laughs> right, I know. He just comes up everywhere. Uh, you know, and you, you got to see him actually, like, playing a set with them. And, I mean, his guitar work is incredible. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's comparable to how incredible of a guitar player Kurt Cobain was. Um, but then, like, also reading some of the stuff behind the scenes... Like, the one that you and I chuckled about the most was the whole, like, drum situation with Dave Grohl. (laughs) And how Kurt didn't even want that to be a thing. And they kept saying, like, no, 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 we gotta gotta do this, we gotta do this. And they ended up getting, like, what was it, like, seven different pairs of drumsticks? Something like that. uh, To try and figure out the best like like acoustic sound that they can get and he, they ended up like finalizing on uh i call them thunder sticks yeah i knew you would find that interesting being a drummer yeah and it's just it's just so funny like knowing that there was probably somebody like an hour before the show just like fucking scrambling out like, there buying everything one right? of everything Right, like, I'll take one of those and two of these and six of those and three of these. And, like, and then, like, you know, they had some uh, orchestral additives that were on stage with them. They had, what was it, that one um, cellist? Yes. That toured with them sometimes. They had a cellist that was involved 
uh, they had a couple of guys from another band that joined them on stage for a couple songs. The Meat Puppets? Yeah, the Meat Puppets. I couldn't think of the, of the band name. Yeah, so that was a controversy, too, because um, MTV wanted them to have, you know, more popular, at the time, bands, like, like to join them. Like, they were suggesting, like, Pearl Jam. And Kurt was like, mm-mm. They wanted to hear the right names, Eddie Vedder or Tori Amos or God knows who else. <laughs> but they, you know, so they went against the, like, the network. And again, I guess. Well, I mean, and when you really think about it, they did it twice because the network wanted them to play with more popular bands. They said no, and they brought their friends, the Meat yeah. Puppets. Uh, <laughs> and then the network wanted them to play more of their. Their hits. Their hits. And Kurt was like, nope, nah. I think they only they only really played like what one really popular like super popular song. Well, two I guess, because they played "Come as You Are." Yeah. And they also played "All Apologies." Right. Um, but then like there were some covers on there. Um, they did a, a um, David Bowie cover. They did a Man Who Sold the World, which was incredible. Um, they did. Uh, I mean, the the closer, of course, is like the most like gut wrenching song ever, because it was uh, "Where Did You Sleep Last Night," oh, and like God. yeah. Kurt's vocals on that are just so like, oh, yeah. Like it's just so like right through your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the article I was reading. It says up to the day of the performance or performance, there was talk of Dave not playing at all at the show. Said the producer, he said Kurt wasn't happy with the way the rehearsals were going. He didn't like the way Dave sounded playing drums with sticks because he's a heavy hitter, and was unplugged, especially with rock. electric show and took a good sounding acoustic show so then you know the producer went and sent the assistant to buy <laughs> all sorts of new stuff what did you say you called the things thunder sticks okay yeah they said wire brushes and sizzle sticks sizzle sticks yeah that's sure. another okay yeah and it said that like even though you know dave did really well with like the varied equipment um kurt still played penny royalty alone which i'd never Made a connection. Hmm. I don't think I don't think that's one of the ones we watched. No, I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it said it was decided mid-performance. Am I going to do this by myself? Cobain asks on stage. And the girl responds, do it by yourself. And the song meant a lot to him. It was really personal. So that's kind of interesting. Another reason why I want to watch the whole thing. I don't even know if you can. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's somewhere. Well, yeah. I, one thing I was reading was that, um, like, MTV played the Unplugged episode, like, on repeat, like, when he had passed. Yeah, but, I mean, again, it's another one of those, like, if I was ever going to tell somebody you have to listen to one live, like, rock album. Oh, yeah, this that's is it. it. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. This is probably one of the only ones that I owned that I played all the time. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's one that I've listened to, you know, many times. And, you know, it just, I don't know. I don't know. Something about watching it when we did, we went on a little deep dive, like hit different. I, I guess because realizing like how much potential there was and that it was just, you know, over. Well, and like, I think the other thing that we ran into also when we were watching it is like, where would the band be if Kurt didn't die? Right. You know, we're about to get heavy here, guys. So buckle up. So when you really think about it, like, if Kurt didn't die, let's hypothetically say Nirvana kept going, you wouldn't you wouldn't have Dave Grohl doing anything else. I mean, maybe because you know people do do side projects, but like he wouldn't be Dave Grohl. No, he wouldn't. He I don't think. I don't think that the Foo Fighters would have happened. In in the the massiveness that they have. Right. If Nirvana stay the thing. Right. Well, I mean, he really had the chance to shine. Yeah. I, I Unfortunately. Mean, with... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to say that, you know, it's like that was his moment, but like it, it was. I mean, like, you know, he knew that he had a, a gift and he wanted to keep playing music. And, you know. I think it would. I think it came down to he knew that that Kurt wouldn't have wanted him to stop, and he didn't. But it's just you know you have to put into the consideration there like how much longer would Nirvana have been a thing? Would they have had the staying power that that Pearl Jam has had? I mean, like they came out of the same the the same kind of scene. I feel, yeah, I, I don't know. So, I mean, the three albums that I listen to a lot, not not including the, the live album. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. You had Them Crooked Vultures, which was a band that was a byproduct of Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters. You had uh, the first Tenacious D album, which then inevitably led into him playing the devil in the Pick of Destiny movie and playing drums on Pick of Destiny. And he played on the third Tenacious D album, Rise of the Phoenix. Uh, you had the DGs, which <laughs> is hilarious. Um, but he also produces. Uh, he just had his first uh, documentary come out a few years back. Which he had we a just, solo album, apparently. Which we just found out about. And I really want to watch that full documentary because the music that we listened to was incredible. Uh, I mean, the man's a, a musical pariah. All that, and he doesn't even know how to read guitar tabs. It's all by ear. The fuck? I can't even, like, walk and chew gum. I'm lucky that I can play drums half the time. Oh, yeah, we did read that, didn't we? That, that yeah. Dave Grohl learned to just play the same as he would play drums. Yeah. It's incredible. What the fuck? <laughs> Who learns like that? Apparently he does. Apparently he does. Anyway. I think if you picked any modern musician this day and said that they did that, 
It'd be like, it's got to be Dave Grohl. Right. Right. Like, it has to be. There's there's no other... I don't know. The man, man's a genius. But we went down a, a fun rabbit hole of watching uh, Foo Fighters videos. Oh, God. They're so good. Yeah. Everlong. Great video. Strange as hell. So weird. So weird. Um, the one that was the, the Mentos commercial. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Learn to Fly. Watch that one by one. That's a crazy ass video. Yeah, like their videos are pretty like super clever. Monkey wrench. Oh yeah. Yeah, we watch monkey wrench. So yeah, we, and we always do this. We always end up going down some sort of weird YouTube music journey. Yeah, and lately it's been a lot of the stuff of the '90s that we've we've covered. Right. Uh. So. Just to kind of take a little break off of that stuff and kind of lighten the mood a bit. Uh, we did have a couple of entries in our favorite segment, which we like to call... That's my new band name. Yeah. So uh, we only had a couple, but I know mine's, mine's a pretty good one. And uh, you said you have a couple also. I do, yeah. Go. So uh, the one that I had uh, written down was Sleep Demon. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. It just sounds like the weirdest, like, it almost sounds like some sort of weird, like, death metal band or, like, like prog rock band or something. I can see it. I'd listen to it. Um, I, too. Grave Mistake. Um, I don't know. I feel like they'd be, like, a Misfits cover band. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, like, only exclusively, like, Glenn Danzig era misfits. Yeah, I was thinking, <clears throat> I don't know. See, wasn't Michael Graves, like, the, the next vocalist <laughs> for yeah. the misfits? Yeah, so, I guess he was. Grave <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Okay, way. all right. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, but definitely it would be some sort of, like, horror-themed band, misfits sure. cover band, something like that. The other one I had was Red Bender, and that, <laughs> that's just because that's a that's an ongoing joke. Let me see. We saw a Red Bender in one of these ridiculous kid shows that had like a whole truck full of like robots. And we're like, hey, wait, that's got to be a copyright violation of some sort, right? So yeah, I was like, hey, Red Bender would make a good band name. So I don't know what kind of band. Maybe like um, like a, they might be Giants. Ooh, yeah. Like along that, like a nerd rock. Sort yeah. Of. Yeah. Either that or like like a band that's kind of like OK Go. Like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little short on the uh, That's My New Band Names, but they kind of just come to us. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of, we just, just as we see fit, we just mark them down. So unfortunately, I only had one this time. I usually have a bunch, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we're going to wrap things up here, uh, you know, just kind of just checking in real quick, giving you guys something to listen to while we're working on all this new stuff. Just don't forget about us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've been talking about some new segments that we're going to add into the show. 
Uh, we've been talking about a new guest format that we're going to use for the show. Uh, so that's stuff to look forward to. We're working on this huge episode right now. So Lord only knows when we'll get that finished. But in the meantime, we'll, we'll be coming back to you with some more of these mini episodes. Uh, hopefully the next one is a little more organized. Yeah. Organized chaos, though. <laughs> Uh, disorganized crime disorganized crime yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so as always thank you so much for listening uh, you can find us all over social media social social media we're on uh, Facebook Instagram and Twitter at SIMHpod we are also all over uh, any platform you would listen to podcasts, Amazon Music, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Spotify, that one, yeah. The one that I use every day. And uh, SoundCloud, if you're nasty. And uh, like we always say, uh, share your music, guys, you know, because that's the only way that you're going to find new stuff to listen to. And share your music with us, please, for the love of God. Give us more shit to listen to. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your damn hands, you nasties. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.